asked me the other night, he asked if I wanted to uh, teach last night, and I was like, ooh, no. <laughs> uh, so I, was gonna, I was going to stay at the hospital Monday night, and I was like, there ain't no way. Um, and about the time that it was decided Jeremy would teach, God said, you just need, I want you to share what I've been dealing with you about. And I said, oh, well, it's a little too late now. Um, but I went ahead and told him, I said, well, nobody's going Wednesday, I'll go Wednesday. Um, so I'm just going to share with you guys tonight, and this is a disclaimer, I'm not Kim Dyer. I will never be Kim Dyer. There's only one Kim Dyer in this world, and she'll be back soon to preach and shout and run across the front and yell at us and all that good stuff that she does best under the anointing. Um, but I will be ministering um, a chapter that she has taught us over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But however, I feel like um, this... Uh, is something that we need right now. I know it's something that I needed, and this is what God led me to do. So um, I'm going to talk to you guys tonight about an offer you can't refuse, okay? Um, and I'm going to kind of set the stage and let you know what was going on last week. So as you all know, I, I left to go to work in California, um, in Los Angeles, which um, is a beautiful place, but a dangerous and dry and ugly place at the same time. And I didn't want to go this time. I just was not in the frame of mind to go. We were in the middle of revival. There's a lot going on at home. I just did not really want to go. I wasn't looking forward to it at all. So I already had that. I'd open the door for that sense of dread, right? Just dread and, ugh, I don't want to do this. Um, so as I got on my flight, went out. Like, I, when I got on the flight, the plane to leave Knoxville, I was just, like, I almost want to say panic attack. Just, like, you know, couldn't stand it. was in a small chair, just, you know, beyond myself with what I was going to do. And so I had to pray in the spirit as we flew. We flew into Chicago. And when you fly into Chicago, you fly over Lake Michigan, which looks like the ocean. So that didn't help me either. Uh, right now it sounds like doom and gloom, but I promise I'm getting somewhere. So I'm just setting the stage for you. We get into Chicago. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get a break for a second before I have to get on that long flight. No. We had to walk across the airport. By the time we got there, you had to get right back on the flight. And then when we got to L.A., um, we hadn't been on the freeway for about a mile, and a car came over and almost sideswiped us. So I'm just like, by this time, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. This guy with me thinks I'm crazy. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to have to get something going on right now. Okay? Um, so we get to our hotel, check in. I'm like, I need a nap. This is the time change. And then I couldn't take a nap. Just, just fear. Just all this dread. All this stuff just working in me, right? Just can't understand it. Can't really comprehend it. But you just can't get past it either. Um, and then the week went on. It was the same thing. I was trying to enjoy myself. I was saying, you know, God, you're my peace. I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm here. Might as well, you know, enjoy this. Um, and then we get to work Monday, and they start talking about this deal for 100 bodies in 100 days. It's the bloods in the crypts, the real deal thing. They have this thing going on out there that whoever can kill 100 bodies in 100 days, best gang, I don't know. But they're like, stay out of L.A. City. And we're like, okay, we'll stay out of L.A. City. So that's even more dread, you know, like just sitting on top of you. And then we go out to lunch, and they're riding in our rental car, and he's like, they gave you a blood red car? We're like, yeah, it's, it's just a red car. He's like, oh, you never drive in L.A. in a red car. That means blood. It's just, so it's even more, you know, and it's just laying it on me, and, I, and it's ridiculous. Now that I think about it, I go back to it, I'm just, this is the most ridiculous stuff, but in the moment, in the sense of dread I was already in, and what was going on here, and I was across the country, and everything, it was just this out-of-this-world ridiculous thing that was going on with me. And then they called and said, you know, that they were going to go back to the hospital with mom. And that didn't even really affect me at first. So I thought, well, that's okay. You know, God, you've got her. I'm, I'm not I'm okay. Well, then the next day the call came from my, from my brother. 
and Lord love his heart, he was trying his best to help me out and not, not panic me, but it was a little bit worse news. I was like, Whew, okay, now I'm in panic mode. You know, I've been, I've been fighting this all week, and now I'm in panic mode. So I talked on the phone to Will, talked to Bishop Marcus, uh, tried to call Bill, couldn't get a hold of him. Um, I talked to Casey, and all this time, even through all these people talking to me, and it, it wasn't, they were trying to lift me up. I just couldn't get to that point. And so I finally text Bishop Vega, and it was just something simple she said to me. And all of a sudden, in my mind, I just started quoting, He that dwells in the secret place, the most high shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Say the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He should deliver me from the snare of the fowl. Just all day, muttering it, muttering it, the whole chapter, just as much as I could. And finally, I don't know what to explain to you, but a sense of peace just washed over me. And God reminded me of when we were kids. Uh, Mom would sit every single night with Will and I. We, we slept in the same bedroom for years, y'all, because we were both, I don't know, we're just attached. Y'all know how Will and I are. But we slept in the same bedroom for years. So at night when she would tuck us in, um, she would teach us a verse over and over again until we would get it, and then she would move on to the next one. So at a young age, she instilled this psalm into us as our insurance policy, and that's even what she told us when we were kids. And God brought that back to me, and he said, why did it take you so long to remember my promises? You know, you've been miserable. You've been in California at the ocean doing all this fun stuff for almost your whole trip now, and you've been miserable the whole time when in the first day, if you would have remembered what you were taught, it would have completely changed your outlook. It's like, oh, yeah. But how, how, let's be honest with you, how many of us do that? How many of you go for so long and you're just fighting this resistance and you don't know what to do and you're trying everything, you know? I'm calling Will. Will is like, yeah, Charity, you're calling me like every five minutes. I just need something, okay? I need you to talk to me. Okay, I'll talk to you. But, you know, like you're trying everything and you're, you're completely forgetting in the panic moment about what God has taught you. And it's the craziest concept to me. So what I want to do tonight... Um, we're going to read Psalms 91, and we're going to read it out of the message. because, And I want you guys to really not just look at this as, oh, we're going through this again. This is a thousandth time. It's not Kim. It's not going to be any good because, you know, she's better than I am and all that stuff. Um, but really understand what God is telling you, okay? I want, we're going to go through this, and we're going to go line by line, and we're just going to let it sink in tonight. And then I have some other verses God gave me, just more promises. Um, so it's not going to be very long. It's not going to be a whole big thing. I just want you to leave here encouraged to know when that dread comes, when that fear, I don't even know if that it was as much fear as it was just dread, just like, I can't do, you know, just like dread of everything, every, everything. When it comes, don't let it be a week before you think, oh, yeah, God, you gave me promises and I can dwell on those. And when I do, this goes away and I get to have a happy day. So uh, that's what I want to encourage you to do tonight. So we're going to start with Psalms 91 in the message. I borrowed Pastor Bill's message Bible because I came straight from work and didn't have time to get mine. So don't look the same. So bear with me while I read it, okay? All right, here we go. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow, say this, God, you are my refuge. I trust you and I am safe. God, you are my refuge. I trust you, and I am safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. 
His huge outstretched arms protect you, and under them you are perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. So right there, I want, I want to uh, paint a picture of dads, right? Because we all know moms are the nurture, nurturers in our lives, but dads are the protectors, right? They're the ones that sometimes they may not even show that much emotion, but when it comes down to it, you better be looking out. And I think of a little kid, even as Emery and Micah, when we went to the doctor's office the other day, Mike, uh, Will met us over there, and he came straight into the office. Micah was on the floor by that point. He was calmed down. Came straight in, looked at his ear, and had that just fierce look on his face like, something is wrong with my kid, and I'm about to tear, you know, just like a dad, what dads do. And when the lady came in to clean up Micah's ear, Will said, do you want me to hold you, Micah? Yeah. So Will pulled him up in his arms, and he sat down there for the nurse to clean his ear. And that's the, that's the picture I want you to see. It's, and it, there's something with kids. I don't even have kids my own yet, but there's something with you. When, when something like that's going on, you need the security of your dad. The security of your dad just it, it, it helps you so much. And so that's what I want you all to see there. His huge outstrips, outstretched arms protect you, and under them you're perfectly safe. When, when Will picked up Micah, and he set him on his lap, and he said, all right, now we're going to be a big boy. We're going to let her, you know, we're going to let her look at your ear, and we're going to see what's going on. Just, I'm right here with you. Do you know Micah didn't scream one time? Not one time while that lady was looking at him. Not once. And I'd listened to him well from Teleco to Athens. Well, y'all, I'm, I'm talking about, ah, you know, like screaming, crying. And Will picked him up, put him in his lap, and the entire time she was fooling him, not a peep. Think about God like that for a second. Just that comfort level. To me, that's just a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. All right. Fear nothing, not wild wolves at night, not flying arrows by day, <laughs> not disease that prowls in darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Fear nothing. It's so simple. And we, and we make this thing so just difficult. And I'm not, just fear nothing. He, he names it all. Even though others succumb all around, dropping like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You will stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn to corpses. Yes, because God, your refuge, the high God, your very home. Evil cannot get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. That's awesome. Amen. And I'm going to pause right there for a second. Um, I've heard mom say a lot because she, you know, this, she knows this chapter. This is her, you know, she, where she stands. And she uh, asked God about that because it says harm can't get through the door. And in the King James, it says it can't come near my dwelling. And, you know, we all know, we've seen the physical of what's going on. And God told her, he said, yeah, but it's not coming near your dwelling. It may be trying to attack you, but it can't get you. Does that make sense? It may look like it's there, but it can't actually come near your dwelling. Evil can't get through the door, y'all. All, all God requires us to do is stand. It can't get, it can't get through the door. I just think that's beautiful. All right, let's see. Where did I get to? He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. 
uh, I was reminded of that while I was out in California. It's like, I have angels just right here with me. They're, they're right here. They're following me. Everything I do, there ain't no gang going to come near me, you know, all this bad stuff. Angels are with me. They're with me. I'm not going to be afraid because they're just standing right here. They're right here with me. They're guarding me. They're protecting me. Amen? You'll walk among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpent, serpents from the path. I just think that's awesome because um, snakes are a, you know, that's a picture of the devil. Just kick him out of your path. Just give him the boot. It's awesome. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best care if you'll only get to know and trust me. <laughs> we'll do that one more time. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Now, imagine God as a doctor, as uh, a friend. It doesn't have to be a doctor. It doesn't have to be physical. Imagine somebody coming up to you and he says, you know, I will get you out of anything if you'll just get to know and trust me. A friend. Zach, we had to get to know each other, right? And I would say we have a pretty good trust since she allowed me to be the godparent to your children. I don't think you would pick somebody you didn't trust, right? You let them go with me. You let them stay the night with me. You don't really fret when I'm, I'm with them because tr- you've got to know me and you trust me and you know that I'll take care of them like they're my own kids. God's giving you that word picture. He says, if you'll only get to know and trust me, I'll do you no harm. I'll take care of everything. Just get to know and trust me. That's our biggest issue as Christians is we don't want to get to know God on an intimate level. Um, we know him, we know of him, but we don't want to really get to know him because if we have to really get to know him, that means he has to really get to know us. See, we pretend like he don't know all already, right? But that's the biggest thing, to get to know somebody. So in order for Zach to really get to know me and me to really get to know Zach, he has to know the bad of me and I have to know the bad of him. He has to know, uh, Charity does that sometimes. I just kind of have to look by That's who she is. And I have to know the same about him right? But sometimes when you're making a friendship, you try to like hide, you know, those things that you know annoy people, like, well, that's really who I am, but I'm just going to kind of be all proper while I'm getting to know these people, so they kind of get the good part before the bad. The thing is with God, he already knows you. He already knows the good with the bad, but you have to be willing to open up and be vulnerable and say, you know what, God, I want to get to know you. You get to know me. Let's have that relationship that works that way. Amen? All right. Let's see. You only get to know and trust me. So good. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you and then I'll throw you a party. That's my favorite line of this whole thing. I'll be by you in the bad times. I'll rescue you and then I'll throw you a party. So <laughs> it's kind of like the superhero shows, right, Daniel? Like he, Batman, Superman, whoever comes in doing the rescue and the people throw him a party because he was awesome. God's saying... No, you call me in the bad times, I'll rescue you, then I'll throw you a party. Like, I don't want the party, I'll throw you a party. Isn't that awesome? I'm just going to celebrate you. All right. And then the last verse, I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. Amen? A long life. He will give, I will give you a long life, and I'll give you a long drink of salvation. And we all know at this church that salvation is everything that we need. It's not just getting into heaven. Amen? Amen. So that means healing, provision, whatever we need, peace, not a sense of dread. Dear Lord, let's not go there again. That was rough. All right. 
We're going to go to Psalms 103.20. Oh, no, no, 103.2-5 in the message. Luke, all this is going to be in the message. That's just where I've kind of been dwelling lately. I like it because it's like a conversation. It's just sometimes that's where you need to be. All right, sorry. It's Bible. Okay. All right. 103, 2 through 5. Okay, I'll just start at the beginning. Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, every one. He heals your diseases, every one. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. Amen. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Amen? Just awesome promises, guys. Awesome promises. All right, and let's see. Next, we're going to go to James 5, and then it's going to be 14 and 15. Just got to throw some New Testament in there, too. Y'all know. (laughs) All right, you ready? Okay. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master. Believing prayer will heal you. And Jesus will put you on your feet. <laughs> and if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside out. <laughs> this one was just a little bit of that one time. Believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. Just believing. So God's already told us, trust him. He'll rescue us. He'll throw us a party. He gave us all the promises in Psalms 101. Salvation, healing, Um, everything that he said there and now he's saying just believe just believe in the prayer and Jesus will put you back on your feet an offer you can't refuse right I mean why not try it just might save your life okay just a couple more just a couple more and then we'll be done all right um first John 5 14 and 15 again up there because I can't find it and how bold and free we then become in his presence freely asking according to his will sure that he's listening and if we're confident that he's listening we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours all right he's asked us to trust him he's asked us to believe he's laying the foundation for the relationship and here he's saying and how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. How are you sure somebody's listening when you've developed that relationship, right? I can be talking to Zach, and I know him well, and I can know when he's listening to me, and I can know when his mind's over here somewhere, and he's just looking at me, acting like he's listening to me, 
right? Because you, <laughs> you have a relationship. But God's saying, we've established that he wants a relationship, and he's saying, we will be sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know what we've asked for is as good as ours. It's as good as ours. I'm going to use my, my phone for an example. Y'all know I needed a phone like bad, and the light was on, the battery was going dead, it was cracked. And Dad over here, he's, he was listening. <laughs> he blessed me. He blessed me with a phone, right? Because that's what dads do, right? They listen, and we're pretty confident that they're going to help us out because they're dads. But God's even better than that. All right, a couple more. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 22. Okay, we'll just go up here again. <laughs> oh, you, you got it, Luke? Yeah. All right, here we go. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a, sh making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what is he is destined to complete. By his spirit, he stamped with us an eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Amen? Amen. Amen. Promises, God's promises. I've just read you guys a few. This, this book is full of them. It's full of them. When I was, when I was going through and adding verses to, ma to go with my Psalms 91, I was just blown away. I was like, God, I can't just pick a few, and these are just the ones that he led me to believe. But I just wanted to lay a foundation. Trust, believe. The promises are sure. Once you have that relationship, the confidence is there, and you know. God said it. It's done. Last, the very last verse, Numbers 23, 19. Going back old school. Old Testament. God is not a man, <laughs> one given to lies, and not a son of man changing his mind. Does he speak and not do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? Come on, God is not a man that he would lie. What he says, he is able and willing and will perform. Amen? Amen. Somebody stand up on your feet and give God some praise tonight. Praise the Lord. Good word. Good teaching. And you're not going to steal my watch. I will watch where it's at. Just want to put that out there. Remind me, I seen a picture yesterday, again, while I was sitting, where I was sitting, and it was, God was kneeling down in front of a child, and this child had this old, raggedy, tatty, dirty, small, looked like a bear to me, and God was reaching for it, and she said, and the captive words over her head was, but God, I love it so much. And behind his back, he had this brand new bear. 
and you could tell it was a bear. And it was sparkling, it was shiny, and it was like 80 times as big as the one she had. And that just blessed me. I thought, if we'll just turn loose of this small stuff, God wants to get us the big stuff. And it's been in my spirit, you know, even when I was away down in Louisiana for a while, that's what, we have such a big God, but we expect so little from him. We just expect enough to get by, you know. I look around, just caught the telephone in Zach's glasses, and of course I wear contact, you know. But we'll just, you know, God, as long as you let us see, that's good enough. Well, you know, we don't have to have perfect vision like you want us to have. We'll just settle for what we can get. As long as I don't mash my face every time I go through a door jam, you know, I'm okay. We settle for too much too quickly. And this little girl, you know, it was just an amazing picture. But she was holding on to that old dirty, nasty, tore bear and him wanting to give her something so much bigger and so much better. But her idea was, I love this too much, I keep turning loose of it. Can I ask you that question tonight? Are you holding on to the little things because you love them so much? You don't want the big things? What do you expect? Expect to get by, or you expect to live abundantly like the Word says? Abundantly more, the Word says, than we can ask or think. She thought she was giving up something, and she was fixing to receive more than she could ask or think. Thank you, Amen. Amen. Uh, that's just good. Anybody have a comment tonight? No, I just want to, my goodness. God is so good. You ought to remind yourself every day how good he is. Just look around. How good he is. He's a good God. Stand, believe, enjoy your relationship. Enjoy your time that, that you have with him, whether it's riding down the road in a truck here at his service, you know, sitting at your desk, running a piece of machinery. You still got time for God. And he is worthy of our praise. Amen. Worthy. Thank you, Father. Every day, every moment. Hearts and minds clear? Thank you. Anybody want to get saved? Nobody here is saved? Amen. Don't leave, don't leave without him. I want to ask you for an offering or, or anything since we've been uh, going for so long. But if you have a gift that the Lord specifically told you to sow tonight or you didn't get to sow your tithe and offering Sunday, uh, you can bring them at this time.